we just knew that we could try this out and, and put some consistent reps in it and, and see what came of it. And a big piece of it was we had fun with it the first couple tries. And we're like, well, this is pretty freaking cool. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Competitor Nation. Today's a fun and special episode as I get to introduce my friend Kevin Carey to you, co-host of the 1720 Podcast, a show I have been honored to be on a couple of times now and has been incredibly instrumental in some of the work I do today. Kevin's first book is getting ready to come out. I want to have him on the show to talk about, one, the journey that him and Stuart have been on launching the 1720 Podcast. You'll get to hear from Stuart in just a couple weeks, but wanted to get Kevin on to discuss that. Discuss finding and living in your purpose, what that looks like for us, and why it's not something we have to have completely figured out right from the get-go why a lot of times the work we do starts to reveal what that purpose should be. And finally, why as leaders, we have to have the mentality of who can I help and how can I connect them with other people? Kevin does a phenomenal job of just adding value to the people in his network, not looking for what's in it for me, but just how can I continually serve and add value to them? And so there's a ton of great stuff that we unpack in today's episode. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you got a passion to get better. And I'm really excited to introduce you to Kevin Carey. Man, it's good to see you again. This is really a full circle moment between the two of us. A couple of years ago, getting to know you, you came on my podcast, and then we really developed a deep relationship over these past couple of years, man. So this is this is an honor to be here. Dude, I, I love this. I still remember us getting to sit down at AGC's offices and do that first interview. Uh, and just, man, the the fruit that has come out of that, uh, I am forever in debt to, to you and Stuart uh, for that on the 1720 podcast. So we'll link to, we actually have been on there twice. So I, we'll link to both of those in the show notes. Uh, but dude, I, I, gotta, I gotta know as we get started, I want our guests to, to know a little bit about what does it mean to be a mountain mover? Uh, I love that question. Obviously, my purpose in life is to build an army of mountain movers, one person at a time. And I am more on fire for that purpose today than I've ever been in my life. It's something that's been cultivating for years. And with each week that goes by that I lean into it heavier, it becomes more and more on fire. And when you think about it originally, you, you think of like that physical structure of a mountain. Yep. And that's really not what we're talking about. We're talking about the mountain in front of you in your life. We face so many things in this life, whether it's shame, anxiety, fear, lack of sleep, addiction, sorrow, um, identity, whatever the case may be, we have these mountains in our life. And I know through having basically a pot of all of those stirred together that you can get through them. It takes some work. It's not just dreams and belief. It takes some hard work and it takes aligning yourself with people, riding with the right tribe, goals, et cetera. 
but you can get through it. And if I can get through it, I know that anybody that is willing to put some tools on can also get through it. So let, let's flash back a little bit. You, we, where we are right now, your book's about to release that so we've got linked in the show notes for people. You're doing some speaking and coaching in the construction space, which is where we got connected and, and both spend a lot of time. But flash back to that very first episode of the 1720 podcast that you and Stuart dropped. And I got to know both of y'all were, you know, you both were working full-time jobs, yep. um, still working full-time uh, and you came together to produce this podcast. So I got to know, like, what was the origin of it? Cause I don't think we ever got into why in the world would the two of us want to get into it? A, an executive and a lawyer and God, we all know about lawyers. Sorry. Yeah, Stephen, yeah. We, we know the stereotype, but y'all launched this podcast and, and obviously we'll talk about what's become of it, but take me back to the beginning. So I've, so well, I'll, before these daily motivation emails that I'll talk about, Stuart and I have become buddies through that building where the studio is at. That's where so many of my friendships have been made is through the Texo Association, which is AGC, which you know well, and then ABC. Shout out to Melanie. That's uh, the queen bee of construction, queen man. Queen bee. She is the best. But him and I became friends through serving uh, through different networks, and we became buddies. And I had been doing this daily motivation email for about seven years. So every single weekday between 4 or 4.45 a.m., I manually type up an email that's a daily motivation for, for the day. And it used to just be a quote, then send. And then over the years, it's developed to maybe not a quote, maybe just a fresh thought or a quote and then some dialogue. And then one day, Stuart pinged me. He's like, what it, it's time to do something else, like something more. What's, what's your more? And we just got on a phone call. And this is the height of COVID, too. So everybody's kind of locked up at the time. And uh, I'm like, I haven't really thought about it. You know, people have been pushing me for blogs and media and all that sort of stuff, but it wasn't really on my radar. I had a full-time job. My, all, my entire team was on this daily motivation email. So it felt like part of like a company initiative. But then over the years, people like Melanie and my tribes, they started hearing about these and they got added onto it. And, and then he started talking about, well, I wanted to start a blog too. And we start talking about it and then podcasts got brought up and then we were like, why don't we just try it? So he's the techie guy and I'm like the hustle marketing guy, which we didn't unlock that creative genius till well after we started that we call that uh, <laughs> accidental genius on that, on that regard. But it's kind of like a garage band, man. We bought some basic equipment from Amazon that he researched. We showed up in the height of COVID in his garage to do a test run. And then we recorded our first episode. And the whole reason we did it is we just wanted to make a positive impact on people's lives. That was the purpose. The, the purpose statement that I live today, it wasn't forged in steel yet, but that was one of those hints of that. Yeah, well, and, and you were focused on the industry y'all were in. You were really, I would say at the beginning, very niche focused. You're still niche focused, but you let yep. occasional outsiders like myself join the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'm not really an outsider anymore, thanks to y'all. But at the time I was. And you start having just all sorts of conversations. And so tell me about kind of what guided y'all early and has that changed in terms of how you go about, what do we want to talk about? Yeah, that's a great question. We, we just knew that we could try this out and, and put some consistent reps in it and, and see what came of it. And a big piece of it was we had fun with it the first couple tries and we're like, well, this is pretty freaking cool. And like you said, we, we have a pretty stout network when it comes to construction. So we had some good buddies that could be initial guests. 
And so we were able to just share our friends' stories and then just watch that ticker of like Buzzsprout and see if we had anybody listening. And uh, you'd get one listen, two, three, four, five. We're like, oh man, it's more than our parents and our spouses. That's pretty cool. And, and then you just start unlocking things over time through that consistency of, okay, now we need a set agenda. Let's talk about elevator pitch. Let's talk come up story, lessons learned from leadership, books you're reading. What's your one big thing? And it started to develop a structure. And as it started to develop a structure, our, our following increased. And what we noticed over time is after we gained some popularity and, and some people were listening, that because it, the niche was construction, people wanted to hear from people in construction. We can have a SEAL Team 6 guy come on and we're super stoked about it, but it doesn't do nearly as well as a construction executive that either this person knows or knows of. And we've even had our best friends come on and then they start sharing their heart and they tell stories that we didn't even know about some of our best friends. And, and the impact over time, you got the impact of the listener which our tribal listeners is referred to as mountain movers, but like the countless other spheres of impact, like my friendship with you now, you get to meet so many other beasts in the industry, outside the industry that kind of lead us to this point today. It's just, there's been so many moments of impact that that really warms my heart and continues to fuel the fire for my purpose. Yeah, and what, what I love about that and what one of the things I wanted to point out is I recently had a guy, uh, Spencer Smith, he's on uh, the show, he does insurance, he started a podcast, and similar to y'all, he just started it with a passion to kind of help people and have conversations with others really in that space. He gets people like me outside, but it's blown up and yeah. it's changed his career. And so we talked about just the importance of being willing to publish your voice, or even as a guest, go on those podcasts. Cause you talked about a lot of your friends probably never been on a podcast before. Right. And so they're having conversations you're getting to learn, but it's also building your network and not in a inauthentic or transactional way in a very much a relational way. And that's one of the themes I really appreciate about the show. And I wanted to chat about with y'all today is what you and Stuart have done and what I've gotten to see and also be a part of is the relational aspect of network building that y'all do. And it's not very common because everybody always has something someone else wants. And it's really hard from a leadership standpoint, because I believe that leaders have got to always be looking for who can I connect someone with? Who can I help? And that's not how society operates today. And obviously right. we don't try to go with society. But talk to me about how I would say you learned that or started really living that mentality. And, and we'll let Stuart's going to be on the show in a few weeks as well. So we'll get his take on it. But I'm curious about where you learned that mentality of look to connect and help others versus looking for what's in it for me. Yeah, there, what's really cool about this journey is because of the purpose and what we're talking about and trying to help people the relationships that you build are very pure. Like I, if I seek you out, you're willing to join because we might stand for something, even though you haven't heard of us before. Yep. Like it, I found out about you through somebody through the industry, but when I reach out to somebody as a guest or a listener, or I have a conversation with somebody that's heard about the podcast, it just makes the friendships and relationships very authentic. Like you said, the, I'm not asking for anything. And we, we just came off like a few uh, episode series where we we highlighted Annette Nesley, 
who had Carson Leslie Foundation and her son with brain cancer. And then the following week, DPR construction came on and then their big event, 2,300 people was there for the hoot and holler that sponsored the Car Carson Leslie Foundation. And when I showed up, I, it was all these genuine fun conversations. And that was a real impact moment for me of like, man, I don't have anything to sell. I'm not trying to gain your trust just so I can push something on you. They are just genuinely appreciative of the message we're putting out there, highlighting the industry, highlighting leadership, and they just want to be friends, man. And it's really taught me a lot, even when you use that from a business standpoint, like even if you're trying to sell a widget, just get to know the person, get to know what drives them. What is their purpose? How are they, how are they wired? And, and is there alignment there? Can you add value to them? You know, like you don't know this, or maybe you've figured this out about me, but like when I have somebody like you on a show that you've went out of your way to help, it's my mission to pay that forward. So it's like, okay, he's come on. Who can I introduce him to since he's, he took that voluntary time and a freebie to spend time with me? How can I maybe help his business? And, and that has been a really cool instrument over these years. And the encouragement too, like going back to the beginning of the podcast, like this was an absolute weakness of mine, public speaking, podcasts in general, I could not stand my voice for the first 20 episodes. Like I can't, I still can't listen to those first 10, but you just keep trying over and over and over. And it's one of those classic cases of you try something on, you consistently show up and then you turn those weaknesses into strengths over time. Yeah, no, and, and wait till you get to episode 300 and you go back and listen to the first 10 and it just, it never ends, but that's the beauty of having the mentality. You're always a work in progress. You're always that's striving right. to run that race. And so there's something to that. And, and what I just want to honor you and appreciate you as you wear a compete everyday shirt is, is that mentality because you live it out. And for, li for those listening, like there's two big takeaways from the, this piece that I want you to have. And the first is one, you guys like heavy focus in Dallas, Fort Worth construction. Very narrow geographic region. We've got a large metroplex. Yep. Specific industry, and occasionally you pull people in from the outside. But from that, y'all have cultivated incredible relationships. It helped you with the transition from what you were doing to really the work you're doing now. It opened doors with, with Stuart, we know who has made some transitions as well. And so it really changed that dynamic. And so with leaders listening, there's something to putting your thoughts out there, putting your words out there, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a video on LinkedIn once a week, which I know you do those as well. But there's value in that and looking for ways to add value to others. Um, and it doesn't have to be, I've got to get everybody, get a small audience, get the right audience and serve them religiously. The other piece of, of just the whole process is just how y'all go about showing up for others and that mentality you had right there. I saw the hoot and holler on LinkedIn. Um, I know Stuart and I will message here and there about the compete everyday wristband or something he saw that he was sending to his kids. And there's just, there's a whole lot of uh, mutual support and respect from the community y'all have built around this mountain mover movement. And you started this, y'all were both working. And then, you know, over the last year, you've made a transition out into this new book that's about to come out, the speaking that you're doing in, in the area and with other groups. And so talk to me about from your own journey, what was really that catalyst to say, I really want to follow what is lighting me up inside and where I think I can help the most people? Oh, that's a really good question. But it, it's it everything ties back to purpose. And as my purpose is burning brighter and brighter, 
and it's the sun of my solar system, right? It, everything revolves around the purpose in my life and I, it gets brighter and brighter. If things don't align with that, I, I don't feel natural anymore. And so while some things were happening in the company I was with, while I'm building the side, it's a classic case of the side hustle becomes the main hustle. You just start seeing the, the, the next steps and you have people pouring into your life. Like last year, I met with you a couple of times and you were helping guide me. I had several other key mentors that really helped put some nuggets together to lead me here. But man, it all boils down to a purpose. And if you can find a purpose bigger than yourself, bigger than money, something that everything else in your life can revolve around, every, everything you do is, is a vehicle to that purpose. Like it, my occupation, how I show up at home, how I show up at, at the gym, the goals that I set, the conversations that I have, how I serve the community. And by being selfless, you're, you're actually being selfish because you're feeding that purpose. And so- I, How did I, you I, discover your purpose though? Who just over through life, man, life of getting it wrong a lot, getting it wrong. Like if you want to use that purpose solar system as an example, the sun in my solar system when I was young and as a teenager was money. I wanted money because I didn't have any and I, and I, and I wanted respect and it, and it, and it gave me really bad valleys in my life of, of running with the wrong crowds, getting money the wrong way, not caring about anybody else and being very selfish. And those were kind of like my teenage years. And then you go into college and, I, and I'm building up character traits that I didn't know how powerful were, they were at the time, but like effort, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to grind hard. And if, and then after college work became my son, but it, that's a close second to, to money. And if work is my son, how am I, how am I working on my personal life, my relationships, uh, building a family, getting to know a family, anything outside of work, it, it led me to even deeper value in my life. And so through brokenness, I started trying to figure out something of like, what, what can be bigger? And I mean, I got to go to Matthew 17, 20 on that. That's the name of the podcast where there's scripture in there that says, you have faith as small as a mustard seed. You say to this mountain, move and it shall move. And you start studying this and, and, and it's rooted in faith and, and something bigger than yourself. And it just, it just started getting on fire in my life. And every day that goes by, all the events that I've done this week, last week, they all are centered around that purpose. Okay. Yeah. I'm always fascinated and not for any other reason than that everyone has their own journey, but there's a lot of people I talk to today, thirties, forties, fifties. They're like, I don't really know what a purpose is. Like, yeah. this is what I'm here to do. This is what I love doing, but they, they don't have that same fire. And I think there's there's something to be said about leaning into that fire, because I think for a lot of us, we feel drawn to that purpose, but we don't ever act on it. Right. And there, you know, you, you, we could have, you, you guys could have created the podcast. You could have built this stuff, but you never took those next steps to, Hey, I want to write this book. Hey, I want to speak for you. What was the, I would say motivation or the just undeniable, I have to do this moment that looked you in the eye on it? It, it? A lot of it's rooted in this podcast. Like moving mountains is just something that I would scream like Ric Flair like when, it, when it was first in my life and we would just have fun with it. And then other people started saying it. And then I started signing daily motivations with it. But then when 1720 came, came on board and you've seen what the purpose can do, 
You've seen tangibly it impacting lives. You've seen people that reach out and say, this, this conversation changed my trajectory. I decided to transform my life because I heard this conversation. And you get that over and over and over. And it, it, helps, it helped me shape my purpose because it was worth fighting for. It was, the, it's, uh, as you know, a podcast is an absolute labor of love. And, and it, especially it does, when Stu's editing every single line and y'all. <laughs> oh, I know it. Yeah. We, we, he's, he's cut that out. Now we're like one take or bust. Like, <laughs> I know we, we, but we talked about that on ours of like, y'all are spending how much time editing and going through that process. And that's when I, I knew just asking y'all those questions that like these guys, this is not just a fun hobby because that's a lot of time investment you're putting into it to get there. And that's where I knew it was something more. Yeah. Um, but it's, I guess it's hard to ignore when those people keep telling you over and over again, signs to listen to it. Yeah. And it's, and it was also a fun journey. We, we, we were very like, hello, my name is Kevin. This is Stuart. It was very robotic. But then like, when you start leaving the gaffes in on an episode, people feel like they're in the room with you. Like it, it feels normal. It feels human. They feel like they're along for the ride and that's what we want. And, and we want them to feel along for the ride. And th those, in, th th when people reach out and tell us about a story of impact, that's the fuel to the fire. That's what keeps us going. And the, the guest hustle, like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get high quality guests to, to feed our mountain mover tribe. Having people like you come in that guest seat every single week, I tell people I'm getting my PhD in leadership. Like talk a free a free school with the the beasts that I know talking about the things they know best. And some of the times I'm writing down notes just for my personal life. I'm forgetting that I have to keep a podcast going. It, it's just I, it's it's tremendous on so many levels. I want to talk about one of those things. You and I had a conversation and I've re and I've actually referenced it a couple of times when trying to encourage other folks. We talked, I guess it was after the Texo EDP workshop I led where we were talking about the I don't and the reaffirming of confidence in that statement. And you were sharing just kind of your growth when you gave up alcohol. Yeah. And how for a while, like you were carrying the, almost burden, I would say, of having to say, no, I don't, I don't like it. Talk to me about how making a choice like that, that seems, I would say, against what most of society does, how you've continued to stick to it and build your confidence in that decision for you. And, and it doesn't, I mean, obviously it can be with giving up drinking, it can be faith-based, it can be jumping in and starting your own business when most people tell you not to, like there's a number of avenues, but I'm always fascinated about that with you because I remember us having that conversation. Yeah. It, it, my, I don't drink is for a very specific purpose. It's not for diet. It's to keep me aligned with, with my purpose and my life. Like drinking is a gateway to a lot of negativity in my life. And every time I've tried to reintroduce it into my life, that darkness starts creeping up. And this week, for example, man, we're, we're recording this on a Friday and I had six speaking engagements this week. And, and that temptation for what I, I say, for whatever reason was at an all time high this week. It was almost you're mentally shot. Like, well, no, it was at the beginning of the week. Oh, okay. So, like, oh, the stress level then almost like the enemy trying to take me down before my week even began and, and saying no to that and, 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 and having friends that hold me accountable and saying, Hey man, I'm, I'm feeling tempted right now. Can you help me with that? 
and, and they check in with me and stuff, it's allowed me to have one of the best weeks of my professional career this week. And, and so if something like that can knock me off and not produce the best results I can for my purpose, I don't want it in my life. Even if I'm able to cope with it and, and all that, I, don't, I just don't even want to mess with it. Even though you're, you're never, it's never escaping you, right? Like it's always behind me. Yep. I want to keep it behind me. And the way it loses power is through talking about it. And this is a very new concept for my life because of that mountain of shame. I never wanted to talk about the deep valleys in my life. And, and so I was, go ahead. Talk to, talk to me briefly about just the accountability piece and like what, what made you decide to get help with others and, and that piece, talk about it. It is being self-aware versus learning lessons in hindsight. So I've learned too many lessons in hindsight. And when I look back, I'm like, oh man, you could have seen this coming. And so let this very week, for example, I'm very self-aware where my brain's going, how my manner, mannerisms are going, what my brain's thinking about when I'm trying to go to sleep. And, and if I see things starting going, going astray, I'll, I'll reach out to my pastor. I'll text a friend. I'll just put it in the atmosphere. And I have built up this high sense of accountability over the years where the moment I put that in the atmosphere, it won't devour me. And I think in years past, I didn't tell people that I, I, ne I needed that accountability because I wanted it to devour me, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Where, I would say from a self-awareness standpoint, what did you do to improve your self-awareness that it was this behavior, for instance, just wasn't serving you, right? Because most of us, it's in one ear and out the other. And I think all of us have a behavior or a choice action we take that probably isn't benefiting us on where we want to go, but we just kind of try to mentally keep it there without ever writing it down, following through, taking action on it. Yeah. It's thinking about where that choice is going to take you. Like if I do this, how does this play out rather than just making the choice in the moment, being reflective, analyzing where you're at spiritually, where you at emotionally, where you at physically. And, and, and are those things in your life trying to tell you something? And, and when I'm not sleeping and I'm stressed out and works at a high level, uh, if I'm arguing with my wife, like, is that what's actually going on? Or is there a root a little deeper under the tree that I need to dig up and start working on? And again, I, I, I've learned these lessons in hindsight more times than I can count. I don't want to do that anymore because with this purpose, I feel like I have a really good thing going with the sphere of influence and impact. And I don't want to, I don't want to take a detour when it's that on fire when I can realize in the moment that this choice is going to set me back, who knows how long. Well, and, and to your point, the thing you said that I really stood out on was having a plan going in. Yes. Deciding in the moment. It's like when you're, they always say this, the worst thing you can do is ever go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Yeah. Cause those powdered donuts look good. You're thinking of like all the good crap versus having your list going in or trying to figure out what you're going to eat when you're starving versus already having a plan. This is what I'm meaning to your chances of success go up dramatically. If you've got that plan to your point, once you are aware, it's about how am I creating a plan for this to protect what matters most to me? Um, as we start to wrap up today, one of the things we've teased a little bit that I want listeners to hear about is your book. Tell us what the book's about. I, obviously, yeah. this has been hyped up for a while. We've seen you talking about it, writing on it, and the release day is almost here. But tell me a little bit about the book. Uh, and then obviously, we're going to be able to grab it on your website when it is ready to go. Yeah, the book is called Mount, Mount Mover Manual. 
And it's, it's the tools and things that I've used in my life to radically improve my life and achieve my greatest potential. I haven't been able to be a big dreamer, but through these things over the years, I've been able to radically improve my life through setting goals, rolling with the right people, uh, being vulnerable, being weird, uh, let your weirdness out is one of the chapters of the book of just being your true self. And just all these things that have really helped my life, I want them to help others. And, and I got to credit my buddy Keon. Um, he's, I call him my Oracle. He sees things in me far before I see him in myself. And he really influenced me to write this book. And when I said, yes, I had a pretty profound God moment where I just started bawling, crying <laughs> on the elliptical at LA fitness. And so if you were next to me during that day, that had to be a scary sight <laughs> just to see this big old man crying on the elliptical. But it, it, it's been an absolute journey. Um, I, the lowest point of my life wasn't even going to be in the book. And one day at church, God just spoke to me and said, it's going to, it's, this is how you're starting the book. So the book opens up with an uppercut and it lets you know where I was standing in the deepest valley in my life and how I dug out of that. And, and I did not want to put that in the book, but now that the book is written and it's in editing and publishing mode, I don't see it without it because it humanizes guys like us. Like we're we, we are broken, right? I'll speak for myself. I'm a broken person. And the things that are in this book have helped me radically change my life. And if I can do it, every single person that's listening to this can change their life. They got to be willing to put in the effort. They got to stand for something bigger than themselves and have the courage to speak up, the vulnerability to speak up and say, this is broken. I want to get better. How do I do this? So I want to encourage you with that simply because there's a story I tell in my keynote now, and I've told it since December of 21. I can tell you the first time I told it. And it was similar story that I never wanted to let out and talk about. And I was working with some speakers of like, kind of thinking about putting this in. I'm trying to find a way to essentially be a little more vulnerable, connect. And they're like, you got to do it. And I did it and I've done it almost every, well, this one specific talk I do over the last year, and it'll be in my next book, but I've had more people come up afterwards and say things about that one moment than anything else. And they, they'll talk about any other point. So there, there's something about letting it in because we, people can't connect with perfect. They connect with imperfections That's because right. we all, for as much as we see on this little social media device and how everything looks hunky dory for everybody, it's not a real picture. We don't nope. know what's going on behind the scenes. And so I want to commend you for putting that in there because I didn't put it in my first book. Um, but it's something that's, that's very pivotal to the work I do now. And so um, I'm glad to hear it, obviously excited about having my copy and, and ready to dive in. But uh, I know that I know the labor of love writing a book is. I know for me, book two has just been the worst beating battle <laughs> of my life. Yep. And so I know what you've gone through and and want to commend you for that. And I'm incredibly excited about it and and hope the listeners are as well. Uh, Kevin, where can people get connected with you on social media? Where can they learn more about the podcast? Yeah, on LinkedIn, there's a Mountain Movers page. There's a 1720 page. If you just search either either of those, there's a company page for each. Uh, at Carrie KJC, so C A R E Y KJC for Instagram, at 1720 Podcast on Instagram. And then the website is mountainmoverarmy.com. Love it. Love it. Dude, thank you for investing the time to hang out with us this week. I appreciate you. I'm so excited about the book and everything you've got going on, and appreciate you sharing with our team. It's been an honor, man. And I'm just proud of you for walking the talk. You're a dude that stands behind your brand through action. And so I'm proud of you for that as well, man. Thanks, brother.
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.